Welcome to Career Tools. This week, we're going to be giving you a special treat, an entire cast from our normally paid for series called Effective Relationships. This cast, which will be presented in its entirety over four weeks because it's close to two hours, actually over two hours long, is called I'm a High C and my boss is a high I. For those of you who aren't familiar with DISC, uh, a behavioral instrument we recommend highly here at Manager Tools, that means I'm a perfectionist, I'm a software developer, and my boss is a energetic, outgoing, friendly, marketing kind of person. I'm sure many of you in technology have had this experience before, and it drove you absolutely crazy. When Danny and I are traveling, we get lots of questions about DISC and about developing relationships. As many of you of you have heard us say many times, the two most important things in your career are results and relationships. And while we try to help you with results and also relationships, it seems like relationships get short shrift these days. The Effective Relationships series is designed to address that. There are a total of 32 podcasts. We take the four principal behavioral tendencies among DISC, D-I-S-N-C, dominant influence, steadiness, and conscientiousness, and compare them to every other possible combination for boss and subordinate. So there are four casts if you're a high D boss and you have a D direct or an I direct or an S direct or a C direct. As you might imagine, a D boss managing a D direct is pretty simple. And we have that for all four of the types of bosses. And then on the career tools side, we also have a series of 16 casts for each of the four direct styles. So if you're a high D direct, how to develop a relationship with your high D boss or your high I boss or your high S boss or your high C boss. We've chosen one here, the I am a high C direct, but I work for a high A boss as one that's particularly trenchant simply because it's very hard for a logical, rational, linear, and reserved software developer, engineer, accountant, perfectionist to work for an assertive, outgoing, forceful, people-focused person like an influential high eye. When software people have to report to marketing people, it rarely turns out well without some training. Over the next four weeks, we're going to take you through incredible detail about how you can have a great relationship with your boss if this applies to you. Even if you're not a high C, we encourage you to listen all the way through because you'll get some important bits of information throughout the two hours. And this will give you a, a sense of the kind of detail we have in all of the samples in the Effective Relationships cast. Uh, in this particular one, the show notes for those of you who are licensees run to 22 pages not three, not four, not five, not six, but 22. In this cast at a high level, we're going to cover your boss's tendencies and desires, how high thinks, what she feels, why she feels that way, how he or she tends to behave, and what that means for you as a high C. We're going to talk about work product, what your boss expects from you, and what that means for you. You probably think that more detail and more hard work up front is good. Your high eye boss would disagree and say they'd want a rough draft right away so they can give you some guidance. You're probably rolling your eyes right now if you're a high C, but the fact is the boss matters and that's what a high eye boss wants. Take it from a high eye.
We'll talk about communication in great detail. Overall, talking about your tendencies in communication and your boss's tendency in communication and what that means for you in terms of conflict and how you can avoid that conflict and seek more harmony. Face-to-face -face communications. You tend to be slow and logical. Your boss tends to be fast and emotional. That drives you crazy, we're sure. We'll give you some suggestions about how to overcome your boss's tendency. We'll talk about meetings, how to behave in meetings with a boss who's different than you. Briefings, how to brief a boss who's a high eye. Trust me, it's not a lot of pages in your deck. We'll talk about email. Your tendency is to put bullets and underlining. Your boss doesn't like that. Be careful. You need an executive summary at the top. We'll talk about talking to your boss on the telephone and leaving a voicemail. A long, detailed voicemail is nothing that a high eye boss wants. We'll talk about developing reports, delivering reports, and generally reporting to a high eye boss, which will drive you crazy. And we'll finish with a detailed review of all four of the manager tools, managerial behaviors as it relates to you and your high eye boss. One-on-ones, feedback, coaching, and delegation. And again, how your boss tends to see those things and what that means for you and how you can address it. This is career tools and manager tools, and so we're specific about actions you can take to be more effective. We hope you enjoy it. We hope you'll consider looking into this normally paid product. You can buy any one of these casts. The example we'll have for the next four weeks would only cost you $25. If you got four casts, there'd be a discount. If you chose to get 16 casts, all of the boss or all the directs casts, there'd be another discount. And if you chose to buy all 32, which is a surprising number of our licensees and over 50,000 listeners and members every week look at, we'll be happy to share that with you as well. I hope you enjoy it. Good luck. Come back next week. Thank you. Now let's continue on communications and talk about an important topic, reports and reporting. How do high eye bosses think about reporting and reports? They don't want. <laughs> they don't want. To they do don't want reports. Do we don't need no stinking reports? Just tell me how it's going. They know that reporting is a deliverable. Let's separate deliverable from reporting. Obviously, all bosses want for you to help them meet whatever deliverables they have. That's that's a given, right? But of their deliverables, reporting is not really really high on the list. Okay. They want to know that if their boss asks, they have reports that they can share about the important things. And they certainly want to be on time with reports. They know that their, their work often gets boiled down to it, more senior levels to nothing more than a paper report. Okay. But they want to know the important things are getting reported. What are the important things? They think you ought to know what the important things are, but if you don't know what they are, go ahead and ask. They don't want 50 reports. 50 different reports will not keep them off your back because she just won't read any of them. So you'll be like, I've spent all this time in the report. Why is she asking? Because she didn't read them. She knows they have to be forwarded. She's going to forward them. She's going to check off the deliverables being met. But she assumes that you know that if, in fact, a report contains some damaging information, you would never simply put that in a report you would, of course, communicate about it because that's what a professional would do. Right. And, you, and you're doing all the reporting thinking you're covering your butt. And in fact, you're high, high boss like, no, no, it was no. important. You would have told me, right? That's right. Yeah. And, and frankly, if, if you're doing all the reporting and you're not communicating about it, you're spending too much time doing reporting and not enough time doing, not enough time doing the actual work. Yeah. 
really what high eye bosses want is to have great people do what they're supposed to do so they can always assume that status is good and reporting isn't necessary. But that's not true because reports are deliverables and we have to dot our I's and cross our T's and other people want to see our work. They still don't want all the reports. What your high eye boss wants in an ideal fantasy world is for you to know everything regarding status for your work and to take care of it so he or she doesn't have to. And when you prepare a report, he certainly will forward it on. And then he expects if there's anything in there that could be problematic or that's particularly good, that you'll verbalize it. Okay. You could send, here's the weekly report, by the way, key points, bam, bam, bam. And if it's really key, like big risk here, it'll be in bold and red in your email. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> They're going to be calling you, emailing you, asking you in meetings about status or process, anything work-related, even though you just prepared the report. Now, you can get all ticked off if you want, particularly if you're a D or a C. It's in the report. But I'll tell you what. You say to Ohio boss, it's in the report. They're going to look at you and say, yes, I know. And I'm asking you now to repeat what's in the report, please. And, and look, if they're in a bad mood and they're kind of being a jerk, they're going to say, yeah, you prepared one report. I have 45 to read. I'm a busy person. I've got people to see, plain things to do. I've got the chancellor of the exchequer on the other line, right? And suddenly, I've asked you a question. It's not an unreasonable question. Guys, let's be clear, particularly you Ds and Cs. The preparing of a report does not preclude you from talking about the status of the work or the work that's in the report, period. Reporting is not designed to be the only communication about work. And by the way, I'm not defending high eyes here. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you basic structural behavioral, organizational behavior 101. Reports are really for senior people to make decisions about the future with. And if you think that a report satisfies the question of communication, you're always wrong. It may end up that way, but that's not the purpose of a report. The report is not to communicate information so that other people will know it. It's, it's to help other people make decisions. So they don't all get read. They don't. And I, I see too many subordinates, people reporting to DIS or C, any of them, acting as if, well, it's in the report, right? Why, why do you have me prepare the report and then ask me a question? Well, because my boss changed what he's focused on, or I forgot, or I have a bunch of, you only do one report and I have to read 50 of them. And somebody's asking right now, and I want to verify that the report is right, or I can't get the spreadsheet up on my smartphone, and so I need to know this number, and you're at a laptop right now. Yeah, and people get irritated. Well, it's in the report. Yeah, okay. I'm telling you, that's just one of the dumbest things you can say in the modern world, in the modern business organizational world today. It's in the report to a boss or a boss's boss. Like, really? No. <laughs> now. In the high eyes case, part of the reason they're doing it is they got distracted. They didn't read your report or they read it and then they forgot. Or now they're talking to somebody else and they're asking you a slightly different question than they asked before or that's in the report. And yes, we know reports are designed to systematize this and that won't keep your high eye boss from asking. A high eye boss just wants to know that when he's asked, an accurate report can be produced. He doesn't need to know the details of the process, let alone a process he's not working on. You could get away with, if your boss says, how are we doing on something? You can get away with saying, you're on track. 
and you'd be fine. Now, you must be on track to actually be able to say that. But the high eye boss is the one person to which the answer of how's the project going? Fine. Is an okay answer. To be clear, though, it has to be fine, which means there could be no doubt that when your boss looked at the red, amber, green status of all the tasks, that he or she would agree with you that that number of reds and ambers and greens would, in fact, be fine. Okay, so that's how my high I boss thinks about reports and reporting. So what does that mean for me is the, the high C? Yeah. yeah the, the, the mistake that high C's make here is it's temp- the temptation to send lots of reports to make sure the boss knows everything. And that's actually not effective. Your boss will end up knowing nothing because she's going to see all the reports and think way too much detail. Ignore them. Oh my God, that's from Bob. Bob's a freak about details. Oh, I don't want to open that. There's spreadsheets in there with macros. Oh, look at the attachments. Must be from Bob. Not going to read it. Busy. Got to go get a latte. Right? And I know the high C's when I do that. Guys, I'm making fun of the high I's, but I could easily make fun of the high C's. Right? The high I's, squirrel and shiny, but I could just as easily say pocket protector and geek and other phrases that include the word retentive as well. We all have our weaknesses. We all have our strengths. The beauty of DISC is it gives us a way to think about diversity in our world. The, the real sad thing in life is that when you see someone who looks or sounds or behaves differently than you, there's a part of our biological brain that causes us to notice that because we want to associate with people who are similar than us. But in the modern world, the lizard brain that we have is probably we can tamp it down and we can say, let's find out whether or not this person has something to offer, whether or not they're, they could be great, even if they're different than me. The great thing about diversity, about, about DISC and recognizing people are different than you is that different isn't bad. It's just different. And sometimes multiple styles make us more effective. Okay. So if you're communicating in a way that makes sense to you, when you don't darn, you know, darn well, your boss is different than you. You're just being selfish and you're saying my way is right. It's not far from that standpoint to go, they're wrong. And what happens is you start seeing people who behave differently than you and you start thinking they're wrong and then suddenly their ideas lose merit. And now the fact that we have a diverse workplace means we get less ideas because everybody's judging everybody else's ideas based on the way they communicate them. Holy Toledo, is that backwards or what? So – You've got to be willing to change your natural tendency to make your high eye boss and yourself more effective in a workplace where there is some vertical structure. And if you've got a boss, there is some vertical structure. A high eye boss doesn't want reports at all. They don't. But they know they have to have them for their boss, for their boss's peers, for other parts of the organization. Even though your high eye boss doesn't care very much, you're supporting her by producing those reports. Okay. Now look, for the key things, the most important stuff you report on, we're not going to tell you what to leave in or leave out, right? We know you want to put lots of details and data in your reports, but again, your boss is not going to read it. You can't skimp on this because when in fact his boss says, I need your last six months worth of reports, you don't want him coming to you and saying, where's been your reports? What what the heck? I need all six months, right? He's going to ignore them. He is. He's going to ignore them, but he wants them every month. Okay. Provide an executive summary at the top. Include whatever details you think are reasonable after that. That's it. And be on time. 
Don't say, I'm going to take advantage of the high eyes weakness and be late with my stuff because that's not professional as I see. So be on time, provide an executive summary, then give the report that you would normally want to give if you were the boss, and they're going to read the executive summary. If they need more, they'll go and read more, but once a year maybe at most. Yeah, particularly with reports that go to your boss's boss, right? There's, you know, the high eyes are not necessarily the greatest in terms of caring about deadlines and timelines and all that. Yeah. But, but they don't like to look bad. They don't. And if the boss cares about the report, the boss is not, your boss is not going to care. The fact that you're late, they're going to care that you made them look bad. So, yep. There you go. We'll start with one-on-ones. The right. How the high eye boss sees How the high eye boss sees one-on-ones. Yeah. Right. High eye bosses want their one-on-ones with you as, your, as, as their direct to be all about you and him and the relationship between the two. Okay. And, and that's a good thing. Yeah, yes. sure, sure, right. It's a good thing in principle. The high eye, <laughs> it falls principle. apart a little bit with the high okay. eye. We'll, we'll get to that. Probably a little too much talking, yeah. High eyes can be brilliant at O3s because sitting down with a direct for 30 minutes or even an hour or two is just what they want to do. They want to connect with you. Your boss wants to spend time talking to you if he or she's a high eye. Preferably about topics of interest to him, um, even though that's not what one-on-ones are supposed to be about. Uh, but he'll, to- to- he'll tolerate topics of interest to you as well. Now, of course, the problem with the high eye in one-on-ones is that they're not really good at sticking to yeah, an agenda. Yeah, the agenda hold, the agenda thing is, <laughs> is a problem. They're just excited. Let's sit down. Let's talk. Let's chat. Let's get to know each other. Even if we know each other for a year. Hey, what do you got? How's it going? What's going on? That kind of stuff. Now, now, now look, the, your boss is a high. is not going to forget the agenda. He's not necessarily going to take over your 15 minutes, although you'll probably find it's pretty interactive even when it's supposed to be your time to talk. But... While he won't forget the agenda, um, he's doing his best to have as much fun as possible, and the agenda might get a little bit loose. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Okay. One more point before we go on. High eyes want to connect with you, and they tend to be less structured about it. The one-on-one is a great structure for a high eye. Mm. Okay? It helps a high eye enormously. Whether you're a D, I, S, or C, if you have a high eye boss, if you get a little too persnickety about the fact that your high eye boss, that she doesn't follow the agenda, you're making a mistake. Because mm-hmm. your relationship with your boss, who's a high eye, will decline if you forego one-on-ones because you don't like that they're a little fast and loose, they're a little sloppy, and so on. So tolerate the high eyes fast and looseness, if you will, rather of the agenda and sometimes maybe missing a, a, a one-on-one or two because they, they just forgot and they were so busy and so on. Tolerate that in return for the fact that this will give your relationship with your boss some structure which your high-eye boss probably needs. It'll be to your benefit and to his or her benefit as well. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Great. Okay. So that's uh, high-eye boss's kind of view of one-on-one. So right. I'm a high C. Anything, anything to share about how I should be thinking about my interactions with my boss here? Yeah, this is a tough one because you really have to – high C's working for high I bosses are going to have to keep foremost in their mind that your one-on-ones with your, with your boss, when he does them, really are supposed to be and genuinely are about you. Our recommendation here is that you do what makes sense to you, even though your high eye boss will take over the, the, the meeting, start the meeting himself, tell you a story to start the meeting. Don't just roll over and say what the high eye boss wants is a high level review. And so therefore I need to give him that. Don't do that. If, if you want to take the first 15 minutes and talk about details, you can. Okay. 
we're not going to bastardize a one-on-one just because your high-eye boss can't listen for more than two or three minutes. And spoken with true authority by somebody who's a high-eye boss who sometimes can't listen for more than two to three minutes. I've noticed lately in our operations call, Mike, I interrupt everybody all the time. It's stupid. It's wrong. It's dumb. It's behavioral. It's, it's, it's a pattern. It's habitual. I got to stop. Don't say anything. Ozan, don't you say one word? No, right I'm, no, I'm, no. I didn't notice. Didn't notice. Yeah, never noticed. Notice. Nice, nice, folks. This is what being partners for ten years gets. No, he's just being kind. I didn't notice. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally incapable of doing the the the, the manager tools one breath rule. It's just not possible. Uh, I'm working on it though. Sooner or later, right before I die, I'll have mastered that. That ability to wait until somebody else is done talking yeah. before I cut them off with my better idea. The, the first time you use the one breath rule will be your last breath. <laughs> yeah, my last <laughs> breath. There you go. Right. So, so look, our recommendation again is during your one-on-one, take the time to talk about what you want to talk about. That's the whole point of the one-on-one. You don't want to share your personal de- details? Don't. Okay. Don't be bullied into having your high boss ask you all kinds of questions you don't want to answer. Okay? Don't be surprised, though, if your high boss shares with you all kinds of stuff about her life or his life, which don't seem to be terribly professional or terribly work-related. You think a high C might hear things from a high I where the high C is going like, what? Yeah, the high, the high C has mastered the totally passive face when, in fact, in his head, his eyebrows have jumped up to the ceiling and he's going, oh, my God, can you believe she's talking about that right now? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's the, it's the Spock eyebrow. We, we, we like to think of it as a Spock eyebrow, just, just so, you're, there, so you know. We could, actually, we could actually say that this is one case, the high C working for the high I boss, where for once – it's not the boss who's going to be shocked at what comes up in the conversation. It's going to be the direct. Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah, the high C direct of the high boss listens to the high boss. Goes, Let me tell you about my weekend. I went to this party. Oh, my God. And the high C is going, how is this going to help? And what am I going to learn? And do I really not want to know too much information, boss, TMI? Right? But that said, you better be ready to insist on having your one-on-one. And you may have to go find your boss. It's likely that whatever he's doing right now is more exciting and more engaging and surely you can handle waiting a few minutes. The problem is a high eyes measure of time is not terribly accurate. If you value your one-on-one and we recommend you should, you need to work around your boss's tendency to want to do it in inappropriate places. Yeah, it's not great to do it in a restaurant, but do it there if that's where he is or that's where she is and she wants to do it there. The list of things you want to go over. Uh, may well include things you've already discussed with your boss that he's apparently forgotten. Oh my gosh, is this so? Oh, I'm a high eye boss. And Wendy routinely says, gentle reminder, you owed me this eight weeks ago. Thank you. I wrote it down. And then when she's in a really feisty mood, she says, um, yes, you said that the last six weeks too. High eyes, but but I'll tell you what, we don't mind being reminded. We know we didn't do it. We're busy doing shiny, special, cool things. And you're going to need to take notes, folks. Your boss will not take notes, and he will give you deliverables, and he won't remember them, but you need to write them down. Your, your boss isn't going to write them down, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he's not writing them down. He's busy. Shiny. Squirrel. You know, um, our friend Kathy, right, is a high, is a high seat, Yeah. Right? And she was working after she's 
I got her promoted. She's no longer working for me. She was working for my boss, right? So she became pure mine. And she was, you know, she was talking to me one time about, you know, he was having, they weren't one-on-ones, but weekly meetings with her and they weren't going right. And she just didn't seem to have a relationship with him that she wanted to have. And, um, I remember one time I told her, well, you need to learn about baseball. She goes, what? What? I said, you need to learn about baseball. Her boss loves baseball. Big Sox fan, right? Yeah. Loves baseball. And he talked about it all the time. And she had no idea what he was talking yeah, about. And so just no, learn. No traction. Just learn a little baseball. Just be willing to have a conversation about something that is important to the individual you want to have a relationship with. And it works. High C's. Your boss is going to want to talk about things you don't want to talk about. Be kind. You know what's funny about that is that people go through life saying, I wish people would understand where I'm coming from. And then they themselves <laughs> don't spend any time trying to pay attention to what where other people are coming from. If you want people to pay attention to where you're coming from, start paying attention to where other people come from. They'll meet you in the middle. Yeah. Agreed, dude. Good good point. You know, it's just yeah, just it's just amazing. And and high seas are are particularly bad about this because baseball obviously has nothing to do with work whatsoever. That's okay. Yeah. It's a relationship. Start with the relationship. And then guess what? You'll get more of what you want to be effective. So enough said. Yeah. So what you're saying is getting more of what you want might be a good thing? Might be a good thing. Abs- yeah. Might, might be, good. be a good okay. thing. Okay. Just checking. Just thinking. Just, yeah, I'm just saying. Okay. So let's go on and talk about managed tools, feedback. How, yeah. how does a high eye look at feedback? Yeah. If you forget about the MT feedback model for a minute, forget about it. Okay. And just think to yourself, which type of boss gets a lot of gives a lot of praise to their directs? Oh. The answer would be high eyes. High eyes, of course. Right? Praise, not feedback. Positive, not positive feedback. Praise. And folks, for those of you who don't know, we have a we have a podcast about praise. It's called Yes, Please Praise. Praise doesn't really make improve long term behavior. Positive feedback does, but there's nothing wrong with praise unless you misuse it and try to get it to be the only way you give positive feedback to people. Um, the problem with praise, of course, is that it makes people feel happy, which is not what we want. We're not wanting unhappy people, but happiness doesn't drive productivity. Productivity drives happiness. The, the problem with high-eye feedback is that it tends to be that kind of praise. Hey, great job. Good job today. And what we would say is that's not feedback. High eyes like a convivial atmosphere, people who are friendly. And frankly, they're going to shy away from negative feedback, um, particularly uh, about around relationships that they particularly value. And that would generally be their directs. Okay? Um, high eye bosses will also mess up the model. They'll ask, hey, can I give you some of that feedback stuff? And then they'll kind of say, you did great last week. Or they say, when mm. you do that thing, I really appreciate it. Or when, when you're feeling strong, I like that. Which, of course, that would be bad feedback because we don't give feedback about how people feel. And I don't think strong is actually a feeling. I think it's more of a physical state. But that's a whole other discussion. They're going to mess up the model. Okay? And, and look, we know the model isn't everything. But if you're knowledgeable about manager tool stuff, um, particularly if you're a manager yourself and you believe in the model... We want you to know what to expect from your high eye boss. They're going to forget the specific, the specific behavior part in the middle, and they're going to go straight for making you feel good. And, and that'll make them feel good as well. So just be aware that it'll be a little bit sloppy and recognize that a little bit of grace to someone whose relationship with you, you care about, that you shouldn't be the scold saying he did it wrong. 
There you go. Because he probably doesn't think about it doing it wrong so much as he wants to communicate something to you. Get the message. Make it, Put a note in your Delta file, which we have a podcast about called the Delta file. Put a note in your file which says, I'm not going to do it that way. I'll do the model right, but you don't manage your boss, so don't try to change the way he or she gives you feedback. Yeah. Okay, so that's what uh, high eye boss thinks about feedback and behaviors around feedback. So, high C, yeah. what should what should I be thinking about here? <laughs> Look, most high Cs are probably okay in principle with getting feedback. Now, you're going to want to defend that what you did was right, and you need to learn to keep your mouth shut. Okay, I'm being nice. I'm a friend of high C's. Mike's a friend of mine. He's a high C. And guys, you high C's, you want to say, but what I did was right. It doesn't matter if it was right. It was ineffective. You want to prove that you're right? Fine. Keep being right and be ineffective and wonder why you get fired. Yeah. Okay. Everybody, high C's are classic for wanting to explain the logic for why they did what they did. It doesn't matter if every single step you took was exactly perfectly logically rational, correct in every way, shape, or form, and the outcome stunk, you did it wrong. The whole process versus results thing is a big struggle between for high C's working for high I's. The high I just want results. They wouldn't care if you juggled bananas for your job, as long as they got great results. And then they'd call people over and say, check out my dude. He he juggles bananas, but man, we produce results. And people are like, you kidding me? This is a circus. And the high eye goes, yeah, it's fun. And they want some peanuts. They're five bucks. Yeah. And the high C's are literally going, this seems like a Kafka movie or a Kafka book. Yeah, you're right. But if it gets results, who cares? If the process is right and the results are wrong, Defending the process will get you nowhere. Folks, do not assume that a process being right therefore produces the right output. It doesn't. The process could be every step correct and the outcome could not be what the customer wants. Or you did exactly, you produced exactly what the process said you were supposed to and the customer doesn't like it, doesn't want to buy. You're at fault. It sucks and it's true and it's real. This conversation always reminds me, Mike, of the second rule of the United States Army. If it's stupid, but it works, it's not stupid. High C's go, wait a minute. If it works, it's not stupid. Well, yeah, true. But what the what the rule of the Army, the second rule of the Army says, I don't care how bad it is. If the outcome is good, it's okay. And the high C goes, wait, time out. You know, we got to have a repetitive, measurable process, right? Yeah. So- you high C's. You're, you're okay in principle, in theory, getting feedback. Now, the problem with a high I boss's feedback is it's over the top. It's so soft. It's not clear to you. It's not linear. It's not, it's not particularly about behavior. Maybe it's not even constructive. You're just going to have to forgive your high I boss. Okay, She's not going to be great at giving you feedback. She's going to use the sandwich technique because she did, she's afraid to hurt your feelings with a bit of negative feedback. I just want to strangle them when they do that, but they do it, okay? Your high eye boss genuinely wants to make you feel rewarded and make you feel good about your work. The fact that he doesn't do it in exactly the right way following the manager's feedback model, don't beat him up about it. Don't make it worse. 
Don't put him off giving feedback. And if every single time you get negative feedback, you want to have a discussion, your boss will start stop giving you feedback. And he has a long and rich tradition with millions of managers in the world not giving you any day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month feedback, even if he's a manager tools manager, so that he can give it to you at the end of the year. And he can tell you in December that in March, you made a mistake that you repeated four more times. And it was a significant factor in him downgrading you to be a middle of the pack performer. And you can be angry all you want. And he'd be, he'd wrong. be wrong. And you'd be angry but, but, and you'd be out of luck. But the ink would be on the page. The ink would be on the page. Exactly right. You'd be out of luck. SOL, as we say in the Army. Okay, so let's go on and talk about coaching. The Manage Tools coaching model and how a high eye looks at that. Okay. High bosses like the idea of the manager tools coaching model because it's a self-improvement project and it was for the direct, that all they have to do is really oversee. But frankly, most high high bosses don't think that much about coaching their directs because it feels like planning and details. And they generally are not big into planning and details. Okay. Um, There are plenty of high high bosses who understand our model or really any process for improving directs performances who translate that into, all right, figure out what the heck you want to do to get better at, what, what you want to get better at, and make it happen. Let me know how it's going, right? I, I'm going to support you. You figure it out. Um, so if you're wanting from a high eye boss a collaborative experience in self-development, it's probably not going to happen. They have to really be probably a little bit outside their comfort zone as a high eye in order for them to be on top of the model, mm-hmm. talking to you each week during one-on-ones and so on. Um, now, that said, you can make your own self-improvement process. You can make your own improvement process, self-improvement process, and keep your high eye boss posted, notified. And frankly, you might get better and a lot better working for a high eye boss. But it's probably not going to be in his mind because you because he developed a detailed plan for you and then helped you achieve the plan that he developed for you. He's gonna tell you later that you got better because he's, he's awesome and it rubbed off, whereas you know, it took you coming up with some of that stuff on your own, Yeah, obviously. Good. Okay, so that's kind of what uh, high I and, and, and coaching, and I mean, as a high C, I mean, can, can I even, in fact, be coached by high I? Is it even possible? <laughs> in principle, yes. In practice, bit of a struggle. <laughs> Look, high eye bosses like the idea. They frankly they love the idea of our manager tools coaching model because it's a self-improvement project that all they have to do is oversee. Frankly, Perfect. most high eye bosses don't think much about the hands-on relationship of coaching their directs because it feels like planning and details and keeping track week to week to week. And they don't like doing that kind of stuff. Squirrel, shiny. There are plenty of high eye bosses who understand the model. And then they say to themselves, okay, I get it. Now, Mr. Direct, figure out what the hell you want to get better at and make it happen. And let me know how it's going. If you need me to call somebody, I'll call somebody. I know everybody in this organization. So, you want details? You're not going to get them from your boss. But that's okay because the two of you working together can actually be okay. He's going to let you do what you want to do and you're going to have a plan for doing it. Okay? If you want a collaborative experience in self-development working for a high-high boss, it's not going to happen. But you're a high C. 
decide what your objective is. Define your objective based on the deadline, the behavior you want to improve in, and the quality standard you're going to apply to it. Then do some brainstorming. Ask your friends. Okay, Read a book about brainstorming and then follow the process. And in five minutes, write down all the possible resources you can come up with for ways you could get better. Okay, Rank order them based on your interest and on cost and on perception of quality and so on, and then do a weighted average and determine which one's best for you and then do that. And then come up with a plan. 80 weeks of plan. We don't care. Your high boss does, definitely doesn't care. He'll be thrilled when you get promoted. He'll help you get promoted because you're awesome. But he doesn't want to be in the weeds of that 80-week plan that you've got worked out. Okay? And keep him posted week to week to week. Hey, by the way, here's where I am. I need help on this or I don't need help on that or it's okay. Things are fine. Yeah. By all means, though, just take take action. Cause don't wait on your high eye boss. To, yeah, don't to don't wait. Do don't wait on the structure coming from your high eye boss. Oh, my boss has got to coach me. He's going to teach me the process and the plan. And oh, oh no, it ain't gonna. That ain't gonna happen. And and look and get over it now. At the end of the process, when you get promoted or when you look a lot better and you get a big raise, he's going to tell you later that you got better because he was awesome and it rubbed off on you. Just roll your eyes. Yeah. Roll your eyes mentally, not physically. Yeah. Well, the, the great thing about it, though, if you put the plan together and you execute the plan and then you want to have a conversation with your high eye boss about the results you got and, and who you're dealing with and, and how you could do better, the high boss will be happy to have that conversation. They'll get excited yeah. about it. It'll be a little like a little party to help you get better. I mean, it's it's so if you take the action, you're, you'll get some good results with a high eye boss. You're just going to have to take ownership of it. That's the key point there. Yeah, you're going to own it. If you own it and you push it and and be ready for guidance, you're fine. But don't expect your boss to be in the weeds with you. Not going to happen. Nope. Okay, so let's talk about delegation now. What, tell, tell me a little bit about how a high eye looks at delegation. They love to delegate. Holy Toledo, do they ever. Yeah, not to anybody, though. But only to directs they trust, yeah. right? Um, if you're the number two person for a high eye boss... He or she will delegate like crazy to you. Like, sure, do this, do this, do this. I'm training you to do my job, right? And actually, he's thinking, my job can be a lot easier if I give a lot to my directs, okay? Okay, but what if, it, what if I'm one of those... I, knew, those, I know you're going to ask. Yeah, what happens if you're not one of those Yeah, so, okay, I mean, it concerns me a little bit. So if I'm not being, if I'm not being, de- hi, hi, boss, and she's not delegating to me, what do you, what do you think the cause of that? What can I do differently? What, what, what's the reason? Yeah, it's, 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 it's not as simple as just, well, here's the one key trick to, to play. Um, you got to understand why you're not being delegated to. A couple of possible causes, actually three possible causes. One is your high boss literally doesn't care about the things he's not getting done that he's responsible for, and he's willing to get in trouble for them. Um, I'm always amazed that junior level managers haven't learned the lesson. Now, this is my fault, okay? This is my fault. I'm not blaming the junior level managers. I'm always amazed that junior level managers, level managers think they need to get everything done. That's right. That's right. And, and the story we tell, of course, about that is, raise your hand if you get all your work done before you go home every day. No one raises Nobody. their hand. And then you realize, so you're basically all saying you don't get all your work done. So now it's just a question of what work doesn't get done. What low-level managers are astounded at is executives saying, yeah, I got to do this and this and this, but I'm not going to do it. Because I'm focused over here. They make choices of what they're willing to get in trouble for. Exactly. We've talked many, many times about Napoleon. And one of the things that made Napoleon one of the greatest generals of all time, trust me, folks, there's a point here, 
is that Napoleon, when you study his battles, Jena, Austerlitz, and so on, maybe not Waterloo quite so much, um, if you look at the great battles, you'll see that routinely Napoleon massed at the point of decision. He put all of his forces where he believed a win at that point, in that line where the battle lines were drawn, that means would in fact carry, elsewhere. The, would that carry the day. What he did was he stole resources from those places that he didn't think mattered as much. Napoleon, if you look at his battles and you look at the dispatches and so on, he was almost always in danger of losing at all the places that didn't matter. In fact, there were times where he lost at the place where he didn't matter, but, it, but so soon after that, he won at the place that did matter, the loss got subsumed by the fact that he won at the point of decision. Napoleon said, put all your chips on the really single most important thing and let everything fall through the cracks. And that's what high eyes do. I'm not saying high eyes are as smart as Napoleon all the time. They're doing what they like, and they're willing to get in trouble for stuff. Frankly, if you're a sales manager and your reports are always late, but you're the number one sales manager in the country, ain't nobody going to give you too much trouble about the reporting. Whereas a young sales manager, DIS or C, it doesn't matter, she's thinking, i got to get all these reports done, i got to do this, i got to do that, i got to do that, i got all this admin stuff, and then suddenly... Whoa, I didn't spend any time in the field today making any sales. That's not good. Does it, does it make sense for the, the high D direct to pick up some of the balls that the high I boss is dropping? It can. It's not always true. It depends on, on the situation. I guess, if um, I guess if you were picking up one of those balls that the high I dropped, that is, and the high I boss has made a, a, a judgment that that's not the area that ought to be focused on, and you take away from efforts and areas that she thinks are important, that's that could be an issue, that right? Be an issue, right? I'm going to steal time if I'm a high D direct. I'm going to steal time from things that I really think are important in order to do something the high I boss is not doing. High I boss is not going to be pleased about that. The second reason is your high I boss doesn't trust you, okay? Uh, and he's delegating to others, but not you, okay? And the only thing in that situation to determine whether your high I boss is delegating to others, and if he is, but not to you, you're not trusted. And frankly, the way to build trust is to deliver results in a way that works for him or her. And hopefully this guidance is helping you to do that. Uh, and also work on your relationship because uh, high eyes will increase trust faster with somebody with whom they have a better relationship. If you are being delegated to, it's probably nothing fancy in terms of delivery. Hey, by the way, dude, you're in charge of that now. Run with it. Or, hey, you know, you did fine with that last month when I was out. It's yours now. Come to me if you have questions or not up to you. On the other hand, don't assume that when your high eye boss talks that casually about something, you're not on the hook for that. And if you're doing it and he's not or she's not, uh, uh, hello, um, you better be good at it, right? Even if you don't like it. You better be real careful about, oh, he seemed to be pretty casual about it, so it can't be that big a deal. High eyes are casual about a lot of things that are really big deals. They're trying to send you a message that I'm cool, I can handle the pressure. There are good things to hear from a high boss. Not fancy, maybe not in the MT model, but good indications that you're trusted, okay? Um, so, for instance, if he delegates to you, you're trusted, okay? If you're, you're doing good work and you're given more work, again, that's a high boss saying, I trust you, okay? So, if you're not being delegated to, but you have a high job responsibility, you're doing a lot of things, he may have just forgotten you I mean, it, there are high bosses who will delegate to people, and it appears a little bit random. The only thing that's certain is only delegates to people he or she trusts. So if you're not getting delegated to, assume that it's an oversight. Mm. If, in fact, you, are you believe you are trusted. So that, and then ask. Mm. 
So that's ask. the third. So that's the that's third. The that's third the third thing. reason. Yeah. Ask. I mean, it's it's a little bit of oversight. It's yeah. It's a little bit of sloppiness. High eyes tend to of all four of the profiles. High eyes are most likely to be sloppy, right? High D's aren't going to be sloppy. They're just going to be driven in one direction and ignorant of things. But high eyes are going to be sloppy, and that's okay. Um, and if you believe you're trusted and you believe you have the capacity, step up and ask. Yeah, I guess there could be a fourth reason, which is your high eye boss has made a, a, a explicit decision not to delegate to you because other things, because the things you're working on are so so important to her. Hypothetically, yeah, could happen. Absolutely, could happen. Um, I think generally, high eye bosses they, they wouldn't put it as you're too important, right? Because a high eye boss, the first thought is, who's my best person? Anything de- I'm going to delegate, I'm going to give it to my best yeah, person. Yeah, regardless first. how busy they are, right? The problem well, is... Well, I guess I'm yeah, give it to a busy person. Exactly. Company. The danger, of course, is that is that they give the first five delegations to their best person. And then suddenly the best person is literally overwhelmed and, 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 and frustrated by it. Um, so if you're not that person, but you believe you have the trust and respect, go and ask. Good. And, and some of you might say, I can't believe they're suggesting I volunteer. And I go, guys, you got to get used to it. If you want to be successful in this life, you're going to have to volunteer. All this cleverness about avoiding delegation, avoiding your boss giving you more stuff, don't believe it for a second, okay? Ask yourself if you were a boss and you had somebody who routinely avoided everything you could possibly give them, is that somebody you want in your team five years from now? Nobody would say yes. Yeah, not likely. Okay, so that's delegation and the high I boss. So I'm a high C. What does it mean for me? Yeah, dude, first of all, if you got delegated something, your boss has decided you won't screw it up too badly. Okay, you you are trusted. You mean even if he doesn't give me all the details and tell me tells me no, exactly how to do it, give and gives all me the, all the data insult, I need to make good decisions. I wouldn't, Ozan. I would not give you. I would not insult you by giving you all the details. You're smart enough to know them, and I don't want to. I don't want to get my hands dirty. I'm busy, shiny squirrel. Oh, you mean the fact that you're not giving me all the details is actually a good sign with a high eye boss? Yeah, it means I'm not talking down to you. You're not a third grader. You're an adult. Mm. Why would I give you all the details? It's like you're in third grade, and I'm saying, okay, line up over here, alphabetical by height and number. So when I get upset because you don't give me all the details, and I'm I'm really seeing it wrong. I mean, you're just different. You're seeing than me. it, you see it differently. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'm Good literally going to say, that's yours now. Hey, go do that. And you're going to say, that's not the way to delegate. And the high eye goes, gee, I checked. I'm the boss around here, and that's <laughs> what I'm going to do. And and you might think, why wouldn't he give me all the details? And the high eye boss goes, why would I give you all the details? The fact that I'm giving it to you means I trust you to figure out the details. Why would I embarrass you by delivering the details to you verbally? Why would I do that? Why would I talk down to you? You know the details. You'll figure it out. And who cares about details anyway? All that matters is results and people. All depends upon your perspective. There you go. Yeah. So whatever you're given, do it. It's yours now. Do it your way. There's a great story from President Eisenhower, the American president in the 1950s. His secretary of defense wanted to rearrange the Department of the Navy. And he sent a note saying, Ike, here's what I want to do. I want to rearrange things like this. And Ike sent him a note back saying, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm busy trying to run the country. That's why, you, that's why I've got you over there running to defense. So go ahead and run it for me, right? <laughs> I'm going to prove your stuff. So you're going to be delegated stuff. That means you're trusted. If a high eye delegates to you, it means you're trusted. What that means is do it the way you want to do it. Okay. Don't ask for more time. Recognize that that trust implies that you can get it done in, in a reasonable amount of time relative to the eye. Trust your work. Achieve the outcome your boss wants. And that means you're doing a good job. 
to a high eye. So, wrap up? Yeah, wrap up. What did we cover? We talked about the tendencies and desires of a high eye boss. We talked about work product, about communication, both overall face-to-face, meetings, briefings, email, telephone, voicemail, reports, reporting, and of course, managerial behaviors from one-on-one, from a manager's perspective, one-on-one's feedback, coaching, and delegation. Folks, understanding your boss's tendencies, their behaviors, is a key part of being effective in any organization. Far too many professionals that we know, people we've gotten to know that we care about at Manager Tools, don't take their boss's approach uh, to things into their own planning. They get frustrated about what they think the boss ought to do, which is usually what they would do in the boss's situation. But that only makes sense when you have similar tendencies to your boss. But the fact is you can't change your boss. And you certainly can't manage your boss. Ask yourself if you've been a manager, if you're a manager now, whether or not you would be amenable to your directs changing you, okay? You can't do those things, but you can try to understand him or her and modify your behavior to be more effective working with her. Ideally, a manager will learn about your strengths and weaknesses, and that'll help. But even if she doesn't, you can still modify what you do in your interactions with her to improve your communication, to reduce conflicts, and that improves overall effectiveness. There you go. That's it, partner. All right, thanks, my friend. You bet. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. So long.